The Walk the Mile podcast is produced on Gadigal land. I acknowledge the traditional owners of the land on which Skeg Starlinghurst stands, the Gadigal people of the Eora Nation, and pay my respects to Elders past and present. May our reconciliation be an ongoing process of love and compassion. Hello everyone, I'm Gary Lee Lindsay, School Chaplain at Skeggs Darlinghurst and you're listening to Walk the Mile, a podcast that opens up conversations that we need to have. somebody else if you love that other person you accept them for who they are yes well thank you Jan we're just here today with uh, what I would want to call a, a national treasure of <laughs> Skeggs Darlinghurst Jan Maurice who's been a teacher when did you first start teaching here Jan 1971 1971 so yeah. this is your 40th year no 50th year and of it 60th year well no 50th that's right <laughs> i arrived here when i was 30 but i started teaching when i was 21 so wow. i've been teaching for 60 years wow good on you and for those of you who don't know jan jan is a casual teacher at the moment here but she's here every day so she's not that casual <laughs> she is here every day and she's very much part of the the life and breath of skeg Darlinghurst. great to have you jan you've already heard some of what jan has has wanted to talk about she does want to talk about love today but i thought it'd be good just to find out a bit more about her and a bit more about what she does and uh come back to so jen you started here in 1971 mm -hmm. and uh just last week i was on a doing my history detective walks with grade three yes and a little girl came up to me and said excuse me mrs marie's i said yes and she said, you taught my grandma. <laughs> so, <laughs> and uh, it's actually true. Wow. But remembering, I was 30. Yeah. And the student would have been only 12 years younger. Yeah, she right. She was about 18. Wow. And interestingly, I remembered that particular old girl really well because I also taught her daughter and because I'm a married celebrant, I also married her daughter or did the ceremony for her and then I met her granddaughter. So that was quite fun. That's incredible. So Mrs Maurice has been around for a while. You have been. What is it that keeps you coming back? I mean, you could have you could have thought, no, I've had enough of school. What, what, why do you keep coming I, back to teach? Yeah, I come back absolutely because I love it. But that's a stupid word. Love. I can love caramel slices. I can love my partner. I can love school. So what I really mean is that, to me, the joy of talking to a student this morning in form before school starts and we talk about her beautiful singing voice and we talk about how it is to learn Mandarin and she teaches me that there it's all to do with um, ups and downs in the pronunciation. Mm. 
What a joy that is to talk to a young person who is about to fly. Mm, you're right. They like me to tell them stories. Whenever I go into a classroom, they say, tell us another story, Mrs. Brace. Uh, but it's, it's that exquisite nature of youth and the ultimate possibilities that make me feel as if my life, ancient that I am, <laughs> is still part of the world. I want to get on my bike, come to school, grab a coffee, say hello to friends, and then walk into a classroom with 27 kids who go, hello, Mrs. Maurice, what are we going to do today? That's great. And I think that's why everyone loves having you here, Jan, is because you do have that attitude and you have that passion and interest for other people. On any given day, you could be teaching maths one lesson and then science another lesson and then, you know, RE, science. What, uh, what, how do you go into those classrooms? Like if you, if obviously, I know you're very, very wise, but to, to know what to teach or have the, all that knowledge beforehand, how do, what's your attitude as you go into that classroom? I have the humility to accept and acknowledge that I am not an advanced maths teacher, mm. nor am I a physics or chemistry teacher. But if I go into a history lesson, because I did a sub-major in history at university, and I have been a real teacher for many, many years, like yesterday, I went into a history class, and the the topic that the students were revising was the Vietnam War. And I told them the story of my grandmother who founded the Sisterhood of International Peace on the 25th of March, 1915, and how I have admired for my entire life the courage that my grandmother had mm. to stand up and fight for peace. So, during the Vietnam War, <laughs> I remembered my grandmother. I remembered and acknowledged the Save My Sons, those fabulous, brave women who stood up and said, stop sending 18-year-olds to go and kill other 18-year-olds. Mm. And I am a passionate pacifist. <laughs> but... I wanted to tell the children this tiny story about my beautiful daughter on Mother's Day who came to meet me for dinner with a diamante brooch which said, Mother. She said, Mum, do you know where I got this? And she, and she told me it was from an antique shop and it was nearly 100 years old. During World War One, when a mother lost her son, they were given or bought a brooch that said mother. Mm, wow. They put it on their lapel so that when they walked down the street, mm. people would understand yeah, right. that they had lost a child. And I told my kids yesterday, Mother's Day isn't about commercialism and breakfast in bed. Mother's Day was held in 1919 
to help the mothers who had lost their sons. Mm. And my daughter reminded me of that when she came to have dinner with me and put on yeah, her brooch. Yeah. So those are the sorts of stories I tell the kids. And you give a lot of yourself. It sounds like you give a lot of yourself in your in your classes or your teaching. How important do you think that is in <laughs> in teaching any subject, any teacher? Like I, I guess there there has to be boundaries, isn't there? You don't go and tell everything about yourself. But how do you do it? What what do you, what do you do to give of yourself, and why is it important in the way that you do that? I think the children know that I'm an honest person. I don't tell fibs. Um, I'm happy to say in a history class that I am a pacifist because I'm proud of that. Mm. <laughs> the thing that's hard is I get my lesson <clears throat> in the morning. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> what am I? Romeo and Juliet. Yes, right. Now, I've got to try and... Rem- oh, now, what happened in Act 4, Scene 2? Uh, uh, with Romeo and Juliet, that's really easy um, because I do know it off by heart yeah, pretty right. well. But there are some classes that I walk in, like RE two days ago, does evil exist? What is evil? Mm. Uh, Right. Good morning, everyone. Uh, (laughs) Lovely to see you. This is a very interesting question, but I wouldn't worry too much if we don't find the answer (laughs) in 40 minutes because actually for the last hundred million thousand years, philosophers have been trying to work out the difference between what is good, what is evil, and what is free will. Mm. So I have to think on my feet really quickly. And it helps me as a more mature woman. (laughs) Mm. Sorry, I'm being silly. But as I get older, I'm really proud of the fact that my brain will still go, right, this is a challenge, think. Yeah, and that's the thing, isn't it? I guess that's what you do. You you go in and you share that learning with the children, with the, with the students. Absolutely. And I think the students appreciate that, that it's not just you telling them what they should think. Or No, never. Mm. Never, never, never. Good on you. <laughs> Except I tell them to stop worrying. Stop worrying. <laughs> I do boss them around in that regard. <laughs> Um, so we started off talking about, and you, the topic you want to talk about today was was love, and uh, just towards the end of what you were saying before, something interesting about, you know, you realised that you couldn't control other people, and that if you loved someone else, uh, you, can you remember what you said? You yes, to... uh, all I said was, you don't need to be controlled in yep. a relationship. You don't need to control yep. in a relationship. Now, I've been told I'm not allowed to have notes. I know that, but I've got two <laughs> and one. You don't need is, notes, Miss Maurice. <laughs> one quote is from... They're both from Victor Hugo, yep. and they are extraordinary. And just talking about control or not control. The great happiness of life is the conviction that we are loved loved for ourselves Mm. 
and even loved in spite of ourselves. Mm, yeah. So we, you know, I go home and I rant on to Andrew. He sits there really quietly. He listens. Then I turn around, and while I've been ranting, he's quietly made me a cup of coffee, and then I start to laugh, and I say how ridiculous I am. Mm. The, only question, the only question I have is, I can't imagine you ranting about it. <laughs> Ask Mr Ayers. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I like what you said. So containing all of that into this idea of love. Yeah. And you said minding your own business. And it's sometimes we think minding your own, you know, if we tell someone, go and mind your own business, it's almost I know, like that's a... exactly it's the It's not opposite. really that, is it? It's, it's the about, exact opposite. It's about being self-aware. What's going on for you, isn't it, more? Are is that you what you're being saying? kind? Yeah. Were you being selfish? Was that uncalled for? Yeah. Why were you so mean? So it's being self-reflective more than Absolutely. anything. Absolutely. And that is the essence, because my whole aim about love is to do, and I'm going to be melodramatic here, another quote from Victor Hugo, but I tell this to the kids all the time. I have this quote, Mm. and it matters to me, and I can give you as many examples as you like about it. The great acts of of love are done by those who are continually performing small acts of kindness. Right. And to me, that is the essence of my philosophy of life because I have been given small acts of kindness so often by you simply saying, good morning, Jan, how are you? Are you okay? By Pete giving me a wonderful teasing, good morning, (laughs) some wonderful funny thing that makes me laugh when I'm feeling really sad. Mm. Both of you pick up other people's feelings and you perform small acts of kindness. Oh, thank you, Jan, that's very kind. No, but that's the truth and that's what I try to do when, you know, I nip out and get somebody a coffee if I think they're feeling a bit depressed or whatever. Mm. And I try to talk to as many children as I can in the playground, and they do respond, Hi, Miss Maurice, hi, Miss Maurice, mm. what have you got on today? Where are you? Anyway. So that noticing other people or Absolutely. Is, is important. Absolutely, and I am lucky in that I am not obsessively list, uh, preparing my next lesson. Mm. I have the time to walk into a classroom. Oh, there's a kid sitting by herself. I think I'll go and talk to her. Oh, that little girl, she seems to be a bit worried. Are you okay? I, I'm lucky in that if it's year 11 physics, I'm not teaching Year 11 physics, but I have time Mm. to just say, hi, darling, how are... Oh, I'm... Oh, well, right, go and get a drink of water, have something to eat, you'll be fine. Yeah, good on you. (laughs) The other thing you said at the beginning was something about um, being able to 
don't have to agree with people, but their beliefs. So it's almost like ideologies, sharing... Um, well not, sorry, let me start again. I read an article recently about being able to accept other people's ideologies. You don't have to agree with them, but just to go, OK, well, that's where you come from. That's OK. And be interested in them. And I think you do this as well. You're interested in, you know, you know that other people don't necessarily agree with everything you believe, but you show an interest in another person's ideology about different things. Would you? Yes and no. Of course I'm interested. Of course I want to understand. But when I understand and it's still full of hate, mm. no. But is it more, is it more uh, that it's unmovable, black and white, rather than are you more uh, angry with that sort of belief because people are so rigid in their beliefs? I worry about closed minds. Mm -hmm. I worry about the basic human philosophy, which is love mm. one another. And that comes back to that, doesn't it? To be not to judge or not to. Absolutely. So, and before you were saying that you uh, you were a hippie. Ah, uh, absolutely. In, in your in your history. Yes, I didn't smoke dope. <laughs> And well, that's the truth. Were, were you a true hippie then? No, I smoked up once and it was so unpleasant and so un I thought, no, not for me. And also, I've only ever been drunk once in my life. Wow. Because I found being drunk that once... Too scary. ...was, I like to be in control, thank you, mate. Yeah. I do not want to look undignified. I do not want to throw up down some boyfriend's shoulder... Thank you very much. Fair enough. So, yes, I'm an abstemious woman. So my question was, your ideas of love, you know, the, the stereotypical idea of love in terms of hippie terms... Yes, uh, absolutely. ..of the 60s. Yes. Has that changed since then, your idea of love, your understanding of what love is? No, not at all. Right. How would you... Love... Yeah. ..is... Continually performing small acts of kindness. Okay. That's what love is. Love is loving someone in spite of themselves. Mm -hmm. That's what love is. Great. But I did worry, and I do worry for kids now. I really worry for kids now, including my granddaughter who's 15. In that, when I was a kid, things were a lot Jan... I'm sure we could talk, talk forever. You've got... No, it's great. You've always got lovely things to say. And if you ever want to come and have a chat to Jan, I'm sure she, she'd be ready, ready for any sort of conversation. But it's been lovely to talk to you today, as always. <laughs> well, it's lovely to talk to you and to Peter because both of you are two of the warmest human beings oh, that's very that I would have the pleasure of knowing. Thank you. And I know that I could trust you with anything that I needed to talk about. Oh, that's very kind, Jen. That's very, very kind. And you, it's great having you here. Seriously, you are a treasure. And um, the place wouldn't be the same without you. The so, only one thing I would love to say is I was actually a teacher here I know. for many, many years <laughs> I before I became I a substitute. No, but you're not a substitute. As I say, you know, you're here every day. Yeah, right. you're, you're, just, you're just named as a substitute. Yeah, but...
Anyway, it's great, great it's to. It's been a pleasure. Uh, it's Thank been you. a pleasure. It's I been a great terrified conversation. Before I came in, but I'm fine now because <laughs> I told the truth. <laughs> and if anyone wants to uh, respond or had some feedback about what you've heard today, um, I can always pass that on to to Jan. If you'd like to be part of this podcast, as usual, please let me know. If you've got something like you'd want to talk about, I'd love to hear from you. But uh, it's been great to have you as part of our conversation. Look forward to seeing you around. Look forward to having those conversations with you. This is what it's all about, starting those conversations. Take care, everyone. We'll see you soon. Bye. There's one thing I meant to talk about. That was simply... I have had so many tragedies in my life in regard to death yeah. that my uh, appetite for life has simply been increased by the tragic circumstances mm. of my entire family being wiped mm. out by the time I was in my early 30s. Um, you know, it's just, an, it's just interesting that... One of the amazing things that happens after a tragedy, mm. as you come out of it, you begin to realise that that pine tree at the bottom of the hill is actually beautiful and that the mm. ibis on the garbage tin, <laughs> believe it or not, has the beautiful curve of its beak. Yeah. And so life becomes much more luminous after death, I think is important. Mm. Well, you see life differently, don't you? Yep. I think when anyway, you go through sorry. those things. Sorry, sorry. So for another episode. I can't believe you had to shut up. <laughs> you weren't allowed to talk. I can't believe it. I'm the, I'm the producer, Jan. I just hear <laughs> monitoring levels and things. So that's a, that was a, a lovely um, appendix to the conversation. I, I like the way it started too. I'm not going to edit anything. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Oh, God. That was good. <laughs>